Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate <laughs> is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of Good Game Nice Try. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Blair, here with the better host, Sonia Reed. Hey, Sonia, what's up? Um, no, I've had a busy week. I've had a busy weekend. Uh, Halo Technical Weekend was Ooh, all weekend, but the, it's, it's bittersweet. I think it's beautiful and it's great, but it's also like I only get a little tiny little piece of it because it's only for three days and then they had it spaced out into different time slots. It was like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then they take a break and then it's 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. or something ridiculous. Yeah. So I felt like my schedule just like kept not aligning and then I couldn't play when I wanted to play. And I only got like the tiniest little little taste, but I want the full I want the full serving, you know. Yeah, that's how I feel like whenever someone says, hey, let's go get tapas for dinner. I'm always like, oh, that's code for I'm going to have a second dinner after this because it's not a full thing. So you got like a little Halo's tapas. I got a little Halo tapas this weekend and it, you know, it wasn't, it just wasn't enough. It's not enough. I'm hungry. I feel like Halo at this point has been around for what, like 40, 50 years? Like, do you remember like some of your earliest, do you have your earliest Halo memory? Absolutely. I... I've definitely been a Halo nerd for a hot minute. Um, <laughs> and gosh, I think one of the first times, it was probably one of the first times I had like a little, maybe you'd count it as a LAN party. I don't know. Hey. But I, uh, I remember being in high school and I wasn't as like, hey, guys, I'm a gamer until probably high school. And then going into high school, there was one other girl named Michelle who was also a gamer. And we kind of ran in the same circles. We had similar friends, but we never really got to hang out for some reason. But everyone's like, oh, it's the gamer girls. Like, uh, it's another gamer <laughs> girls. And like kind of pushing us together. Like, hey, you should hang out. Um, and then finally we're like, do you want to just hang out? Uh, <laughs> Nothing like a forced friendship. <laughs> Luckily, she is wonderful. She was super sweet. So uh, she came over and I think it had to have been like Halo 2. Nice. At that time. Halo 2, maybe 3. Gosh, maybe 2. Uh, but yeah, I just remember being in my like dingy little basement apartment and <laughs> having having her over and we just got to like nerd out playing games. And I think that was one of the first times I got to like just hang out with another girl and just play games. <laughs> it was oh, nice. It was really sweet. I love that. You know what's so funny is I kind of feel like, you know, it's interesting. I always, I have similar feelings about like, 
Bond 64 or, you know, I remember playing Starcraft, although that was by myself. But uh, but I'm always kind of trying to get back to that, mm-hmm. like trying to get back to that because that's pure gaming bliss. Right. You know, it truly is. And for anyone out there listening, like if you have those moments, hold on to them. That's yeah. right. Because it's like you never know in the good old day. You're in the good old days. You never know where you're in the good old days. And those are. Those were the good old days, which is great. My sister said something recently because we were reminiscing about how we used to play Super Monkey Ball on the GameCube. Yes! For hours, just sitting in front of the TV. And we were talking about it because I dug up the old GameCube and told her. And she was like, isn't it weird to think that one day we played it and that was the last time oh. like, we played it? Isn't that like crazy? My so you just heart. Have to- I think about that a lot. The one, the one day you play it, and that's the last. And you don't realize that that's going to be the last time. Like you're sitting there playing it with like your friend, like wow. me and my sister, and then never again. One day. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! I feel like I had a very similar thing, even with Animal Crossing at the very beginning of the pandemic, where we would all play on Zoom, and we would hang out just like a way to keep connected. And then I remember just one day, it was the final day. We just didn't really play together after that was it it was just That's like a crazy. sweet couple of weeks and then fleeting look back on it fondly right? yeah it's so funny like you know i've said this before but i played Dungeons and dragons at denny's every friday night throughout high school for years and i remember the last time we played because uh we were just about to start this new campaign and the D- the dm was like Oh, Aaron, I have this. I'm, there's this really cool. I have this really cool storyline for your character. I can't wait. I'm like, oh man, it's going to be great. And then we just never played again, which oh, is crazy. No. I wonder what the storyline was. I always wonder. Yeah, I was like, I, my character was like very much into the occult, and then had like a ghostly familiar. And I always wondered, like, I, you know, what I should do? I should look that person up. Yes. And be like, what was the storyline? That would be amazing. Because <gasps> oh, that's the God. thing. It's, those and that that's the thing too is like Dungeons and Dragons is such again like a good way to pull people together and like make great memories. Mm-hmm. You know, which is incredible. And luckily, our guest today has a lot to say on that topic. Mm-hmm. He is a voice actor, writer, and director who's lent his voice to such games as League of Legends, World of Warcraft, and Titanfall 2. And he's also a regular cast member on the insanely popular and super, super fun to watch Dungeons & Dragons series, Critical Role. Here's our interview with Liam O'Brien. Liam O'Brien, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You seem to have your toes in a, in a lot of the, you know, like nerd culture pockets. You've got D&D, anime, video games, everything in between, it seems. Yeah. But what was your, I guess, like first introduction to games in general? In 1981, two, my father who uh, spent a, his career in publishing, published a magazine that only lasted a couple of years called Electronic Fun. Oh. I think it was the first video game magazine. Wow. I think. <sighs> and also, I love that Very name. Cool. Electronic yeah, so right. Fun is great. You can find PDFs of it online, too. It's, it's a great revisit to the early 80s. Um, but he was bringing stuff home. He brought home a Vectrex. I don't know if you guys yes! remember Vectrex. Yeah. That's what I started on was Vectrex. I started playing Scramble was my favorite game Whoa. because the levels would change. Explain to people what that is who don't 
who maybe are not aware of this incredibly uh should we say ahead of its time console it was it almost had like a it had like a street fighter uh controller almost before that was a thing um vectrex was an all-in-one gaming machine it was like a black box it was about this tall i still have it it's in my office at home it barely works barely works (laughs) um but it's just a a black box it looks like a little oven almost and it has uh, a screen and uses vector graphics so there's just white lines that draw really simple looking games. And the way you put color on it is it, each game would come with a little uh, little piece of plastic that you could shake and almost make like thunderstorm sounds with. Yeah. You pop that in and suddenly you had a blue and green game or a yellow and red game. Um, and I played a football game on it called Blitz that had diamonds and X's as the, the two different teams or squares, squares and X's. Berserk, there were some games that were in the arcades that they ported over to this thing. I think Berserk was one of those. And then after the Vectrex, dad brought home an Atari soon after that. And then Electronic Fun ended. And then I just kept gaming. And, you know, Sonia, you said, like, I have my toes in a lot of nerd stuff. It's it's true. And through maybe 15 or 16, you know, I did all the things that all, all nerdy kids do that you guys do. And then I started to think, oh, I guess I'm going to be a serious actor. I'm going to pursue this acting thing and be on stage, which I did for a while. And I put all of that into the closet and was like, no, I have to be, I have to change things. I have to focus on art. (laughs) And then somewhere, you know, a decade or so later, I just kind of stumbled back into it. And now, now I'm doing all of it at the same time. Right. And now how video games have become such an art form. Yes. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's, uh, it's fucking awesome. I know we've talked about it like a handful of times, just the the rise of the nerds, you know, in so many ways, I felt like we've had to um, like hide our interest growing up, like even like early high school before I I got way more into computer classes and wanted to learn how to program. Um, I I tried to kind of keep it uh, in the closet. I I tried to kind of hide it a little bit and I felt like people would take me more seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, But now... It's it's like I'm so proud. I'm so happy to be such a huge nerd. Yeah, and game, yeah. games games really caught up to us. I mean, like in mm-hmm. a certain way, in terms of, and especially you, Liam. Like in terms of, you were like, oh, I must be serious. And now games are like, we must be serious. Are serious. We heard Liam was going this way. <laughs> we're following him. We're catching yeah. up to him. Yeah, but you know, and and part of the thing too is like, you know, I grew up in Michigan, and Sonia, to your point, like, you know, it was. I had to keep it all kind of a secret, you know, like I would meet with my friends every Friday in high school. I met with my friends at Denny's to play D and D in like this little back room. And it was like our sick. We, we had to like make up, I'd like make up a reason why I was going to Denny's every Friday. Yeah, it was like a like whisper, co- a whisper network. Yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be like, oh, I'm going to go get an eggs, uh, you know, Grand Slam. Anybody want mm. moons over my hammy? And then go and play for hours in the back <laughs> of Denny's, you know. like Boy, I really want to play D&D in a Denny's right now. Yes. <laughs> you know what's so great is we had – we had our own private room because they had like a room in Ann Arbor, Michigan, this giant Denny's for like birthdays and nobody's having their birthday at a Denny's with like 50 people or whatever, or 20 people. And so there was just this room. They're like, well, we could put you guys over here. Cause we had all of our sheets and our everything and you know, at this table in the corner and they're like, go in the back room nerds. You know, we're like, yes. I love hearing people's sort of hometown stories of doing nerdy things, especially like away from New York City and Los Angeles and all the big metropolitan areas, just like sitting under a tree on a blanket or in their their older brother's bedroom borrowing his books or uh, 
like out out tenting and and bringing all the books and stuff out you could you couldn't bring your atari and television out in those days but uh, or your ve- vectrex yeah. your vectrex right i yeah. would have and it's hard to imagine <laughs> I, I wish i could try to get that kid who was making pitfall harry like run along the ground in one direction and and grab the vine that one day he'd be nathan drake yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. and heart, heartbreak it's an amazing would be a turn of events yeah. yeah absolutely i know and it's interesting too because you know we talk about like great beginnings and like i think only in hindsight do we realize oh these were the pieces that i didn't really understand or know what i was doing that then kind of eventually assembled into all the great things i love about my life and you know one thing that i i think is so incredible and amazing is Many people, I don't know if they know this, but can you explain how Critical Role first got started and your role in that? Sure. Uh, so um, Sam Regal, also a member of Critical Role and amazing actor and funniest person I know. Uh, he and I are really, really good friends. And we met doing anime back in New York City. And uh, so I've known him for 20 years and we started a podcast in the past where we were already working a lot and we both had kids and and it was just an excuse for us to get together, really. And it didn't live that long. It was just us saying like, ah, I was too busy doing that. I was working on this. Um, let's do something stupid this week and then we'll come back and talk about it. And you can literally go to the end of the first episode and the beginning of the second episode of this podcast called All Work, No Play, where I t- finally took up Matt Matt Mercer, our dungeon master, who I met directing him in Resident Evil 6. Uh, it was our first time we met each other in like audition rooms in the past, but we really got to know each other and like each other on that game. And he was trying to like woo me into like come sit in on a game. I was like, ah, I got two little children and I gesticulate a lot. So I can't really, ah, it's not for me. Um, but then my birthday was rolling around and Sam and I were doing this podcast and I thought, that sounds fun and dumb, and I haven't done it since I was 15, and I loved it then. That's ridiculous. You can't really do that. That's exactly the sort of thing we should do. And you can listen. I, there's audio of us playing that game the first time we ever played together on this podcast, and you can hear us manically falling in love with the game. And um, I've joked about this before, but I went home that night afterwards going, oh, oh God, Um I, th- I think I think I need to do that again. Um, you got the itch. I got the itch, and I sent a text saying like, I, I, "You got that was really great. Do you guys want to do that again?" And then uh, at least a day went by before anyone replied. I went, oh, I'm, the, "I'm the only one. I'm the biggest nerdlinger on this bunch of nerds." They left you on uh, read, yeah. But they all jumped in, and the rest is history. So you know, we played at home for a couple of years, or two or three years, and we would have all day. Like we couldn't get together as often, but we would play for fourteen hours, um, and just you know, be in our pajamas half the time, and 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 just became our favorite thing. And word got around, and uh, Felicia Day of nerd fame, uh, approached Ashley, uh, working on a project and, uh, we were invited to come put a camera on it at Geek and Sundry. And, and then we just marched along until I'm sitting in this, in Matt's map room. <laughs> Talk to you guys. Yeah. And how has it been? I mean, just seeing it evolve into this behemoth. I mean, we, we still haven't gotten to the point where it feels expected or normal or anything. And our breath gets taken away at least once a week, if not every day. And, and, and we, 
every time we think like, well, this is, this is the most we can do with this. Uh, how could you do more than something else happens? Um, it's, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're artists and creators and control of the thing where we make and, and it's super nerdy and I don't, it's not my 15 year old love interest shoved into the closet. It's out everything that I always cared about and never really got rid of when I started doing theater. Like it's, it's, it's on main and you know, it's going to Narnia on a regular (laughs) basis. It's pretty great. And you said like when you were like 15, you were playing, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. What are some, you know, I was playing at Denny's. What are some of your hometown, like young gaming memories that to to people listening right now who maybe aren't who aren't as open about their love of gaming and all things video games tabletop all these things like what are some things like if you could go back and talk to yourself back then knowing where you are now what what would you say to that person I think I, well I would probably just giggle over my shoulder <laughs> a lot um, I I remember a kid in seventh grade bringing in the D&D red box, which was sort of the gateway for a lot of kids in, in, in that generation, which was just like a starter set to explain how it went. And I took it home and I read it cover to cover over and over again and had like a little, almost choose your own adventure, uh, adventure in the back. And I just did ran it for myself, um, a couple of times to see if I could get different outcomes from it. And then, I, then I started consuming novels and fell in love with like the Dragonlance universe in those days and then started grabbing kids at school. And it started with two or three around my dining room table in Jersey. I'm from Weehawken, which is right next to Hoboken. If you know what a layout of New Jersey, the crusty booger along the top. <laughs> um, and then we started pulling it. And then I became a theater kid in high school and it became like half the drama department at that point would, you know, it was loose and I, we didn't know what we were doing, but you know, that doesn't matter. All that matters is you get together with your friends and you go to another place and try, try amazing things. And, um, and then it went away and it went away. I did experiment with a couple other systems. I remember spending time with my cousin in upstate New York, which is the other half of my family. My childhood was spent like on lakes and rivers upstate and playing cyberpunk which is having its big resurgence right now yeah i had that book with johnny silverhand in it and yeah. made characters and didn't know what we were doing with that either but man it was cool that's time <laughs> yeah. it's cool now and honestly that's half the fun i mean it no matter in what format or what you're trying to do if you just have a good crew of people and you you make something magical that's that's it yeah i mean it's all just a jumping off point any yeah. system or or uh, role t- tabletop role playing game you're playing. It's just to get you going and start making stuff up together. Yeah, uh, and and for you, like you know, uh, what have you found over the years of as a storyteller? What are kind of the stories that you enjoy consuming? Well, I think I don't know if this is exactly the answer you're looking for, but or what inspires you? You know, something you brought up before is like how how both of you have said is how video games now are an art. Yes. Unto themselves. And um, I mean, I love unplugging and playing, you know, something like Mega Man. Um, grew up on that stuff. My favorite my favorite game of all time probably is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You know, it's Ooh, it's, nice. it's, a, it's so great. I've played it like three or four times. It's right in the middle of my gaming life. It's not the first thing I played. It's not the latest thing I played. It's, it's right right at the center of it all. Sweet spot. Um, but now, you know, it's all tied together. So... You can you can find games like Last of Us is sort of the primary example of this, but not the only one where 
um, sort of human emotion and hardship and and loss and and recovery. Those things are being told. You know, we, we're we're used to them in novels and films, obviously, but you can do that in, with, with games now, and you can do that with tabletop, and you're you're in it. You, you get to live a, a finely crafted story yeah. to an extent, rather than just watch it from the sidelines. I had that experience. I still do whenever I play a new Fallout game, and I remember mm-hmm. playing Fallout Three when that released, and just going, the the music is such a big oh. part of it, and just the ambiance of it, and thinking. Oh, everything's changed. I'm I'm in this place, and just everything would fade out. Yeah, I would definitely get that in. Um, I'm a huge Fallout nerd. Love Fallout, and I remember that in New Vegas. Whenever I was walking, kind of between the different areas, just the like the, the ambient sound and feeling. You're like, I am alone. Yeah, I'm truly alone. And then when you're walking up to a city, how it kind of you're right. How it does like build and it swells and it 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 just puts you right in it. It's probably, Fallout's probably one of my biggies, I think. Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh, for sure. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What about rage quitting? Do you rage quit? Do you, are, what happens? I don't choose too many games that are rage inducing. Um, <laughs> the last I can think that I've, I've played like that is Cuphead. Oh, uh, oh. God. Cause yes. the difficulty is so high. <laughs> oh. I like video games to sort of, you know, challenge me, but also be like, you're, you're good at this. Good job. <laughs> Sometimes and Cuphead's just like, no, you're trash. Try again. Try fifty times. Still not good enough. It's and yet the, Come and the again. animation is like so cute and you're yeah. it's so sweet looking and you're like, I can't be this mad. Yeah, I really it, can't. Then it, it's mocking you all the more because it's like, this is kid stuff. This is kid stuff. You suck. You're stupid. <laughs> I know people scream about like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, but Cuphead were <laughs> way worse. Because also the thing about Cuphead is like, to your point, Liam. I should be able to beat the giant soda cup or whatever. Like, I should be able to beat you. Yeah. You're dancing. It's crazy. I know. This, oh, this is not as advertised. Everything looks cheery and rose, rose-colored. <laughs> I know. And people, I think a lot of times people will say, at least my friends who are into, you know, these kinds of punishing games, they'll be like, but it's so satisfying, you know? And don't you feel like you put the work in? I'm like, no, I don't feel like I put the... <laughs> I died for two weeks. I've been dying for hours. And finally I get past this boss. Okay. I'm just, 
<laughs> I mean, I just have me... residual stress now. <laughs> it's giving me PTSD. There it's are like... games though that get the sweet spot. Like I, I fell in love with Hades this year, just like every other gamer oh, yeah. I know. And the, and I remember the first couple of run throughs, I was like, oh, I'm not that. I'm not that good at this. I don't know if I'm going to like this. Oh, hey, look, I'm a, oh, oh, hey, oh, hey. And it just, you know, you you get into the rhythm of it and you just kind of push the boundary a little bit further every time. Yeah. Um, and it rewards you and makes you feel like a badass, you know. I think in terms of worlds, Hades has a, that sweet spot I love that is comedy, yet also a very rich story. Do you do you play a lot of open world games? What is your bread and butter? It, it really was open world for a long time. Um, I have less time. I still make time to, to play games. Um, I played Hades. I, I made it topside. Um, oh, I never have. Oh, what's it like up there uh, on the thing? It's, it's, uh, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to oh, spoil yeah, you it. That's, that's the answer of a true game. Stuff happens up there. Um, but, I mean, I used to do... Uh, I used to play a lot of Metal Gear. I would play every Metal Gear when it came out. It's not exactly open world. It's more curated, but... Uh, all the fallouts, um, uh, uh, Mass Effect, um, uh, Breath of the Wild I played. Uh, I think yeah. Breath of the Wild was the last big open sandbox that I got into. And then things were, were super busy in this building. So it's more <laughs> like my Switch gets the most love out of anything that I have. Uh, my PlayStation at home, just every time I show up, it goes like, oh, oh, now you now you're interested. OK, all right. What's it going to be? Oh, you're back now. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I know. Because I, I, feel, I feel the same where I look at it like, if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play something on PlayStation or do something on PC, it's almost like a ritual. I'm like, I got to get snacks. I got to get comfy. I have to make the time. I know I'm going to dive into something that I'm probably going to want to play for a while. It becomes like a whole event. Yeah. Whereas if I have my Switch, I could just pick it up. Just get right in, you know. For sure. I mean, if I want to, if I want the full cinematic, lose myself for three hours. If I have three hours, it's I'm not <laughs> going to play. I'm not going to play Hades. Uh, I have, but I barely played Hades on a large screen. I've, I've, I've almost entirely done it handheld. Wow. And I'm going to play The Last of Us too if I'm going to sit down and play oh, PlayStation. Sure. Oh, for sure. So if you have, uh, if you had the time hmm. right now. Uh, what's on your list? Like, what would you want to dive into right now and set aside the the few hours to really soak in? Let me see. Um, I'd like to get, still like to get topside a little more in Hades. Oh, uh, now you're just rubbing it in. Now you're just, <laughs> now it's salt meat wound. Yep, yep. I gotta, I gotta lash out at someone, Aaron, and today it's you. <laughs> um, I recently made time to go back to a game that I love, hate, hated from my childhood, Alex Kidd in Miracle World from the Sega Master System. I don't know if you remember that. It was no. it was a game that, uh, it was like a sort of a Mario-esque game, um, but it never got ported, they never brought it back for years oh. and years and years and years and years, and it would never be part of any Sega collection as much as I loved that game growing up. And they finally did, and they put on a new fresh coat of paint. And I hated that game. I'm not exactly answering the question you asked. I hated that game, but couldn't stop playing it because I wanted to get to the end, but it had a series of rock, paper, scissors themed mini bosses in it. And they were, one guy had his head was a fist and one guy's head was this and one That's guy's cool. head was that That's cool. with a face. And you would just play rock, paper, scissors with these. You would you struggle your way through to get to where they were. And then it was just a totally random game of rock, oh. paper, scissors. <laughs> 
There's no strategy to win rock, paper, scissors. And you had to fight. You had to go through that 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 situation six times in the game. Oh, so cool. I remember oh, sitting cool. with a friend as a kid and you would like learn the punishing, you know, hops and jumps and slides and things to get all the way to the end. And then it's just up to, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Poof, you're dead, gone. Your like, two hours is gone. For what? Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. It is. And again, like, you know, we talk about, like, I think Cuphead is the, probably the best example of this, uh, uh, or maybe Super Meat Boy or something, but you just yeah. had to get good. Back mm -hmm. in the day, like, you had to level yourself up to where you could get to those bosses repeatedly over and over. You just had to like, memorize all the things to do all this stuff and, like, you know. Yeah, get, there was like, no continues. It was just be good enough. Just good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are almost out of time, unfortunately, but we love to end every interview with asking our guest their best video game and their worst. Now, look, we're not saying objectively. We're saying to you, what is the video game that uh, disappointed you the most, drove you the most crazy, and then your best one? So let's start with the game, your worst game. The, the game that I'm worst at or no, just no, the I'm game like, that just like, worst. oh, this game, oh, I hate this. Well, game. it could be your worst and at maybe, and then it has just aggravated you so much that it had became right. your worst. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's there's no game that I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. there are love hate games because I did want to play them. I just I was like, I would just want to love you. Why won't you love me in return? Um, so I guess I will throw cherished classic Dragon's Lair under the bus. Ooh. You know, classic comic fantasy animation. It's beloved by the world around. Um, it's a mainstay to the history of video games in general. Uh, and it's it, it just wants to rob you of quarters. It just wants yes. to steal from you. <laughs> yes. There's no way to be good at it except to pay it yes. for days <laughs> until days. it will teach you up, left, down, left, up, down, left, up, down, left, right, right, left, up, down, left, or whatever it is. I never finished that game. I never did. I don't think I've done it now. And you can play it on iPad and continue and continue and continue. And I don't think I've seen the end of that game. <sighs> that is so perfect. I would eye it always. Because it's also seductive because it was so beautiful. And it made yeah. you wanted to play it, but it was like a dollar. Yep. You're like, oh, and then... It's like over in 10 seconds. Oh, my was, God. Amazing. It was like nothing else. I mean, we all love Pac-Man and Qbert, but this was yeah. a living cartoon. You, you yes. could control it, except you couldn't. <laughs> you're, you're just staring at it longingly, clutching the roll of quarters for laundry. You're like, hmm. You're telling, me that, you're telling me that I'm going to be cool, but I'm, I don't feel cool. <laughs> all right. That's the worst. Now, now hit us with your best. Hit us with your favorite. I've dropped a few. Um... I, I think for me, oh man, I'll just, the, the ones that are not making the list, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, huge for me. Baldur's Gate, huge for me. Oh. Gauntlet, the original Gauntlet, huge for me. Last of Us 1 and 2, huge for me. Um, I think I am going to give it, I'm just going to give it to the to to Fallout broadly. And not even mm -hmm. just to Fallout 3, because it's been sort of evolving and perfecting over time. But it just has, it, it's just created such a realistic play space for you to wander. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I, maybe I like dark things, but like just being like that loner wandering through the desert or, or the shell of Washington, DC 
is so unnerving but fascinating that I can, you know, I still think about the places that I went. Right. Me too. Yeah. Haunting and beautiful. Yeah. I always think about uh, the, you know, however many playthroughs I did where I didn't blow up Megaton. And then I, <laughs> and then I finally think of that one sweet, sweet playthrough. Where I was like, you know what, Moira Brown, you're out of here. <laughs> See that she lived? Crushed me. <sighs> I got the penthouse, but I was still crushed that she was still there. One of the things I, I absolutely love about Fallout 3 and, and was life-changing for me playing video games was there's like one, there's like this building you go into and it's kind of just like, a, it's not even a side quest, but you go in and it's like a, a buried skyscraper. And as you're going down, you're listening to these audio files mm -hmm. of this guy who's slowly turning into a ghoul. And then you get to the bottom and it's like, rah, or whatever. He's like, I need to. And I just felt like no one else has ever experienced this. And of course, everybody has. But that is the beauty of that game to me. You just feel like, Liam, like you're saying, a loner in the desert, and it's beautiful. And it a little bit, I mean, all open world games do this. Elder Scrolls does this. But it has a little bit of that that magic of Dungeons & Dragons and that nobody's game is the same as yours. I mean, yes. unless you spend, you know, the entire year maxing out and finding every single thing, which I've, I've never done. When I play Fallout 3, the map is like this, and I just went, doot. <laughs> and realized how much room there was that I didn't explore. But, you know, you're you're running around and, and doing it in whatever order yeah. you find it and are being surprised by things. And your playthrough is totally different than your friend's playthrough who is totally interested in other things and follow their nose in a different direction. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you, Liam. This was a, such an absolute treat. Please come back. This was great. There's so much more to talk about. Thank you, guys. Sonia, Aaron, thank you both for having me. Thank you to Liam for joining us. That was fantastic. The Vectrex. The Ugh. talk about the golden golden days, the good old days. So cool. Yeah. Again, bittersweet memories. One day was the last day that he touched the Vectrex. But I think he also just recently got the Vectrex again. So you know what? The good old days are here again. They're here. Everything old is new again, baby. They're here to stay. They're here to stay. And I hope <laughs> that you all stay because we're going to take a real quick break and we will be right back. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, we are back. Now, look, it's been a minute since we've done a Game Doctor segment. So, uh, you know, we always ask if you guys want us to prescribe you a game to soothe uh, what ails you. We've got the goods. And a lot of people wrote in uh, and had some had kind of the same uh, a question. They wanted a same kind of game. Uh, so I'll just read one of them here. Uh, at Wesley Ando 13 said, I need some smooth, stylish action games. Already played all of Platinum Games games, and those are games like Bayonetta. Uh, recently finished No More Heroes 3. Just need some style, flair, extraordinaire. 
Appreciate that rhyme. And also, you know, shout out to, is it Neoloch Gaming? Yeah. I want to give a shout out. And also ShinKenRed813. They both were kind of asking something on a similar vein. And two of them specifically mentioned platinum style games. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, stylish, cool, uh, third person, these are all making me think of Devil May Cry. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely same vein. Very, very same vein. I'd say something like that. And even now that I think about it, maybe even would Gears of War, or not Gears of War, would a God of War fall into that? Yeah. Sort of? For sure. I did. Yeah. I would say like a little more serious, perhaps. Yeah. A little more serious. But I think, you know, we were, we watched the trailer, the opening credits. We watched the opening credits for the new Devil May Cry 5. And it is, if you haven't seen it, it's- do yourself a favor, go to YouTube. Sonia, how would you describe the opening credits for Devil May Cry 5? Absolutely bonkers. (laughs) And probably one of my favorite opening sequences that has credits. It's insane. (laughs) It's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. So it's like what it is, is there's uh, a woman who, what did you describe her as? She kind of looks like a, maybe a trailer park Bayonetta or something in that realm. Kind of looks like like Bayonetta's like uh, like smoking in the back of the high school sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and a guy with one arm, and they're so basically how it starts is they're driving a van, which by the way has a neon sign that says "Devil May Cry" on the side. So points. Uh, they're driving it into uh, like a a monster infested street at night, and. <laughs> They, he's got one arm. He's shooting out of the window. They flip the van on purpose, by the way. Sails through the air. The guy flies out in slow motion of the window, shooting all these monsters behind the back. Pow, 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 pow. And you're seeing the opening credits. And there's also a song playing because they have a jukebox in the back of their van. And it's, uh, what is it? Pull my double trigger? <laughs> I think you got it. I think you got it. And Jen, what did you what did you say about the song, Jen? The song sounds like a song that would be on DDR. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. A song that's on DDR definitely and definitely should be in Beat Saber. But I think that does check a lot of the boxes of smooth, stylish, um, definitely action, third person. Um, and this might be a little bit of a stretch. But something that'll check a couple more boxes that people were asking, like it, this has online multiplayer. Um, it's not really sci-fi, but definitely has access to some like archery. Uh, I don't know if this would really be in the same vein, but Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. It's, I mean, it's fair. I think it's stylish. I agree. 100%. It's got a lot of flair. And the archery. And archery. Um, it's not silly, but it's Mm-mm. stylish in another vein that I think is 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm and if you want, I mean, stylish in terms of, like, action of the actual combat, it is some of the most satisfying combat I have ever experienced in a game. Mm-hmm. Or if you're bad at combat like me, most frustrating. If we were going to prescribe uh, something that'll check all of your boxes, what did we say? We got Devil May Cry, God of War, perhaps, maybe a little Ghost of Tsushima. Any other ones we want to throw in? Oh, I would say Persona 5, too. I know oh, mm. Persona 5 has that Bayonetta, like that kind of look and near uh, uh, Atama. How do you say it? Atanama? 
whatever oh. the the other platinum games game. Um, yeah. Very stylish. Very stylish, yeah, yeah, for sure. Although I haven't played a lot of Persona 5, it is kind of like that. That does it. That's it for this week. But if you want your own prescription, if you want to give us a little game description and we can try and fill your prescription for you, uh, reach out on Twitter at Good Game Nice Try. Good Game Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Salataroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton with engineering and sound design by Chester Guazda. Talent Pookie by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. Special thanks to Lisa Berm. Music by John Danik. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.